Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the College and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. Let's get into our topic this morning. I want to introduce Stephanie Henderson. Why don't you come on up, Miss Stephanie? Do you guys know Stephanie? I, I see a lot of the girls clapping. Uh, Stephanie is uh, a pastor here at New Life. She's one of our women's pastor, and she is a wonderful uh, tool, a, a wonderful presence on camp. I meant tool for the Lord. I don't know. That, that came out horribly wrong. Let me just give you a hug, because that I meant, I meant like a... <laughs> Here, let me turn it off for you so you could speak up for yourself. <laughs> I've never been called a tool before. No, I meant that. I meant like a, a, okay. a facilitator of the Lord's will. Yes. Miss Stephanie is a, uh, a speaker. You could Google her name and find her ministry. She's written books, uh, mainly about women's ministry, and she's a conference speaker. A really big deal in the world of encouraging people, specifically women. And she, you're going to tell a little bit of your story and testimony. She has been through some things in her life, and she has overcome those things with the, with the Lord's help, and now gives credit and glory to the Lord. So, um, and she's going to share with us today. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's thank the Lord for Miss Stephanie. Thank you so much. It's, it's so good to be with you guys this morning. Um, just a little bit about me briefly. I am a native of New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay, girl, my southern girls, yes. And um, we were, I, I grew up there, and about nine and a half years ago, a little storm blew through New Orleans called Hurricane Katrina, and we um, landed here after that. And so... We've been here nine and a half years. I have three grown children. Um, some of you may know my youngest son, James Guerra. He's my child. John Mark Guerra and Jessica Guerra, they're all mine. I'm happily married. Um, I, have, I do have a, a crazy story, but I, I want to just say more so than my story is the faithfulness of God who has walked us through some really um, interesting times. But... The topic that um, we're on right now is really the heartbeat of me. I love evangelism. Um, I have been in ministry since I was 18 years old, so do the math. That's what, 10 years? May know. Um, 35 years I've been in ministry. And my very first pastor, um, when I was 18, really instilled in me to have a heart for evangelism. And... Here's what evangelism is very simply. It's thinking about those around you rather than thinking about yourself. It's thinking about those around you more than thinking about yourself. Thinking about where are they going to spend eternity? Who are they going to become? How are they going to have peace and hope? Because, you know, I think so many times as Christians, we get so comfortable in what we have And we take for granted the peace of God, the presence of God, the word of God, that sometimes in in our circles, we surround ourselves with others who also have the peace of God and the hope of God, and we don't think about so much the people who don't. I want you to just take a second, and I want you to think about something really difficult that you've had to, to face, whether it's a decision that you have to make, whether it's a life circumstance that was really challenging. And I want you to try to imagine experiencing that without God, without prayer, 
without the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you. That, I, I can't imagine that. Some of you who maybe have, maybe you've come to Christ a little bit later in life, you can. You can think back to what that looks like. I have known the Lord since I was eight years old. And so I can't remember not having those things. But here's why I love evangelism, is that it should be something so simple that overflows out of what God has done for us. So many times I think we make it really, really hard. Back in the um, 1980s, here I'm aging myself right now, there were all these programs that you had to go through to learn how to share evangelism. And it was very scripted, and you learned you had to memorize scripture. And I went through this whole program. And here's what I learned, is that while those tools were good for me to have a foundation to know how to share my faith, they weren't conversational, they weren't relational, and they weren't natural. And people who do not know the Lord can tell when you're scripted. Let me tell you what people who need Jesus really, really want. It's not your fancy words. It's not how many scriptures you have memorized. They want to see truth. They want to see when you walk through something and you are saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I know that my God is going to come through, and there's a peace that passes understanding, that's what they see, and that's what they want. And so I want to encourage you, when you think about evangelism, I know you've had amazing folks in here sharing Dr. Todd last week, and, but I want to talk to you about mission. We think of mission, I know you guys are going to Macedonia, how cool is that? I might have to come with you. If I bring biscuits next week, can I come on the truck? Okay, no kidding. Um, we think of mission in a couple of ways. We think of missions as something that we give towards, Correct. We give towards the in-heart works, which you guys are probably familiar with, with Pastor Jeremiah Parks, for clean water, for orphanages, for those things. Number two, we think about missions as something that we go to. We save all of our money. We hawk things out of our basement so we can afford the plane ticket, and we go across the country, across the world, and we share what? Missions. But there's a third one that I think we don't think about as much, and myself included, is that missions is an everyday occurrence. An everyday occurrence. That doesn't mean that you have to be a pastor. That doesn't mean that you have to work in missions. But it is just as you go kind of thing. I want to share a scripture with you out of Colossians chapter 1. Chapter 1, yes. Colossians chapter 1, beginning of verse 10, says, And we pray that this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience in joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light 
For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. This is one of my very favorite scriptures. In another translation, it says that you may walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Now, I will tell you that that scripture grabbed me about 15 years ago. I was, at that time, serving on staff at a large church in New Orleans. And I had just walked through a very, very difficult season. I was formerly a pastor's wife. Um, James, John Mark, and Jessica's dad was, we were pastors together in the New Orleans area. He was diagnosed with leukemia and died three days after his diagnosis. Okay, so we got diagnosis funeral within a week we were we had said goodbye to the love of my life and the father of my children the lord had given me this verse about 3 weeks before that happened it was around easter and i was praying and i had a calling on my life to be a conference speaker and an author I was very comfortable being a staff member of a church, and I was the worship arts minister, which meant I did all things worship and AV tech and all those fun things. I loved my job. And about three weeks before my, my husband went to heaven, the Lord just began to say, Stephanie, it is time that you stop pretending to be something other than what I've called you to be. And I was like, Holy Spirit, ever speak to you like that? And you're like, whoa, wait, Lord, hello, I am on staff at a church. I am teaching the Bible. I am working. I am, I am doing it. What are, you, what are you talking about? Stephanie, it is time that you stop pretending to be something other than what I've called you to be. And here was the rest of that. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Now, I knew that the Lord had a conference ministry for me. I knew that for about five years prior. And it was the desire of my heart, but there was great fear of being able to actually do that because it's one thing to think it. It's another thing to announce to other people, here's who I am. Because as you know, sometimes when God calls you to step out into something, there can be people who who will throw rocks at, at your calling. They don't understand. So I I didn't really want rocks thrown at me, and so I just thought, I'm just going to keep this safe and undercover. And so um, there was a, when I had that word from the Lord, I shared that with my my late husband, who was still there, obviously, and, and I said, what do you think that means? And he said this to me. He said, Stephanie, I think no matter what happens in your life, you must obey the call of God that he has for you. And that word resonated in my heart. Three weeks later, I was a widow. I was a single mother. But that word still remained in my heart. And so, fast forward a year. I took a year. I remained in my my position at church. And then the Holy Spirit began to knock on the door of my heart and say, Stephanie, remember the calling that I have on your life. You see, I thought, well, because, Lord, I've been through such difficult thing, and, and I'm kind of a hot mess right now, certainly 
you don't want to use me. And the second thing I said to the Lord was, and Lord, may I remind you that that word came a long time ago, and then tragedy struck our family. And so I'm pretty sure that my list that you have in heaven of all the difficult things that I should have to endure is pretty full at this point. And so being a single mom and starting a conference ministry is not something that I'm really excited to do. You ever tell the Lord no? Good luck, right? So I just said, you know, Lord, thanks, but I'm not doing that because I also knew that what the Lord had spoken to me, he said, Stephanie, I want you to see that through your circumstance, I have now multiplied your ministry. And I thought, multiplied it? He said, yes, because now you are a single woman, you are a single mother, and you're a widow. Think of all the women that you can reach. And I said to the Lord, I don't care about reaching anyone. I don't want to do this. And so I just kind of, you know, gave God the hand, so to speak, and said, you know, you can talk to me about other things, but we're not going to do this, Lord. And yet I had this call on my life. And so for the next six weeks, the Holy Spirit pursued me. Have you ever been pursued by God? Every person that I talked to, now remember, I'm a pastor on the staff of a church. Every person that I talked to for the next six weeks said, you know, I just, I'm really struggling and being obedient to the Lord. And I would say, wow, I'll pray for you. Wow, and every worship song was about obedience. Every, Every sermon was about trusting God and answering his call. And it was like every time I turned around, here was this message over and over and over again. And so finally, As you know, when the Lord pursues you, he catches you because you're his. I was in church. I was ready for the service to start. And I was so tormented by the Holy Spirit after me that I just said, okay, God, fine. You know what? I'm going to pick up my Bible and whatever chapter I turn to, I'm going to obey whatever it says. Now, you know, God can turn pages in the Bible, right? We think we're so much smarter than he is. So I opened my Bible, and I turned to the book of, what? Jeremiah. That's an uplifting book, right? And here's what it said. I have already told you what to do. Over and over and over again, I have told you. And yet, you have disobeyed my voice. And I thought, well, that can't be for me. Let me read down a little bit. Okay, Lord, we're going to do this again. And and it said, I've told you again and again, and still you have not obeyed my voice. And I thought, okay. And then it said this, because of the hardness of your heart, I will bring calamity into your life. Well, I shut the Bible. I went to my office. I typed a resignation because I didn't want the Lord. He pursued me. I got the point. I resigned. I had nothing. I had, well, I had six weeks to give a notice, and I had nothing. I had, nobody even knew that I had a calling to speak. And so the first thing I did was I got a, um, the Lord gave me names of some women, and I said, I just need a prayer ministry. I need people praying for me. Let that be a lesson to you. If God calls you to do something, the first thing that you do is to surround yourself with people who know how to pray 
who really pray, who don't just say, oh, I'm praying for you, who have been there, who have prayed. So I surrounded myself with women who pray. And then that was day one of my retirement from my job. Day two was a phone call from one of the women on my prayer team saying, Stephanie, you're not going to believe what happened. Our conference speaker just canceled. She's sick. Can you lead a conference this weekend? And I said, well, I'm, I'm pretty free. I don't have anything on my calendar, so I, you know, I guess I can be available. The next day, one of my friends who I hadn't spoken with in 10 years, her husband was the president of the Southern Baptist um, College down there, the seminary. She called and she said, Steph, you were on my show about three years ago. Would you come and be on my radio and my television show the next three weeks? Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Now, why does it matter? Why does it matter? You know, because we can choose to obey God. We can choose to run from God. We, we, he gives us choice. What matters is that your life, your life, your influence, your gifting, your calling is here for a purpose. It's for a purpose. There's a reason when God puts something inside of us, when he stirs something inside of us, it's for us, yes, but it's for everyone around us. And see, what the Lord knew is that the work that he had done in the year prior to my life, where I'd had to trust him in the trenches and I'd had to, to say, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this unless you come through. You see, that became valuable fruit in my life that other people needed. And here's what I want to tell you about evangelism. The Lord will, and I want you really to capture this, the Lord will trust you with difficult circumstances. You know, when hard things come into our lives, we kind of think, oh, wow, God, are you mad at me? Did I, did I not confess all my sin? Am I not fasting? Am I not praying? You know, yeah, we have to check ourselves. But at the same time, we can be perfectly in the middle of God's will and hard times come. It is the journey. Please don't be deceived. That is the journey. Most of you know um, our family. My, my youngest son, James, who's 25 years old, walked through a season of four years of battling cancer. Now, remember, my first husband died of leukemia, and then my son, six years ago, was diagnosed with cancer. And I, I'm going to tell you, our family was rocked through that time. He was barely 20 years old and had stage 3 Hodgkin's lymphoma. We were serving God right in the middle of God's will. During that time, James, 90% of Hodgkin's lymphoma patients have to go through about six months of chemotherapy, then they never have cancer again. James was not in the 90%. James was in the 10%. And he had, his cancer came back three times. And one of the, the ways that they cure the healing comes through is through bone marrow transplant, which is a weird science, but you're in the hospital for five weeks at a time, and you go through severe chemotherapy, and then 
it's just all kind of weird science, but bottom line, they kind of reboot your system, so to speak. So we're in the hospital for five weeks. This is after two and a half years of treatment over and over and over again. And my son is tired and we're tired and we're ready. We're so ready to see him healed. But at that time, see, because the Lord had had done all this work in our life, here we are in the hospital. And that word, Stephanie, walk in a manner worthy of your calling, it meant even on an ecology floor, I had to walk in a manner worthy of my calling. So I was in, they have like these little kitchen areas that everything is very sanitized and because they can't have a lot of germs. And I was in the kitchen and there was another mom in the kitchen with me. And I saw her and she looked like she had been sleeping on the floor. I mean, it was just, she looked rough. And I just said to her, how are you? And she started to cry and she said, I've been sleeping on the floor. And I'm thinking, I can tell. Her son has had a very rare form of cancer, and they were trying some clinical trials, and it was just awful. It was awful. Treatment is awful. And I just said, I am praying. What is his name? I am praying for him. I'm praying for you. So I went back to my hospital room, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Stephanie, I want you to go to the gift store Go buy her a magazine, go buy her some chocolate, go buy her something, a card. And I want you just to write scripture to this mom. So I did. I went to the gift store. I got those things. But I didn't know what room she was in. And because of, you know, privacy, they couldn't tell me. So I gave the gift to the nurse, and I said, here's the mom. They knew who she was. I said, just, could you just deliver this to her? They deliver it to her. I never saw the mom again. We, you know, I didn't know if something happened. We were discharged from the hospital shortly after that. But I never forgot about her son. I never forgot about her. And so this is what I'm talking about. Evangelism is as you go. Just do it. Just be obedient to the Lord. Just do what he says, and you may never, ever see the result of it. So fast forward three years. We're home in Colorado Springs. My mom and dad are here visiting. Because of the altitude here, my dad develops this lung issue and has to be hospitalized while he's here. So my husband, George, and I are at the hospital, and we are caring for my dad. And they have to send him home with some oxygen, so they have to call in a specialist, and then they have to blah, 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 all of the stuff that goes with that. And they they refer us to a patient, a nurse, that's going to be on call for our family. And so the nurse comes to meet with us. James at this time is still having to go through some testing and such. And we're talking to the nurse, and I'm saying, okay, we've got appointments with the oncologist on Tuesday, so maybe we could pick all this up on Monday. And she looked at me and she said, who has cancer? I said, well, my son has had cancer. I said, and he's going through testing. And she looked at me. She said, it's you. And I, and I thought, okay, I don't know you. She said, you're the one. You're the one in Denver in the hospital that sent me a card and a magazine and chocolate. And I looked at her, and oh, my gosh, it was the same woman 
who was assigned to us. And here's what she said. I have been questioning if there was a God. She said, the fact that you are here and you are my client, she said, God is after me, isn't he? And I said, yes, he is. When you walk in a manner worthy of your calling, I want to share another scripture with you that I think is so important as we think about this topic. Proverbs 16, 9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. A man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And you know what? So many times we think about that for ourselves. Yes, the Lord plots our steps, and we walk in a manner worthy of our calling. God is plotting our steps. But here's what I really want you to think about as we think about the topic of evangelism. The Lady Mary that was in the hospital, the Lord also ordered her steps. You see, he ordered her steps into the hospital kitchen where I met her. He ordered her steps to be, to meet us again. Because why? Because he wants to reveal himself to her. As we think about this, who has God put in your life? Whose steps have been ordered into your lives? Who's your neighbor? Who are you in class with? Who you work with? You know, there's a reason God is the God of order. He doesn't just do things randomly. He's really not random at all. He's very purposeful. He's very intentional. And there have been so many times that the Lord has put somebody in my path, and I wasn't even sure why. But here's where I miss it, if I'm completely honest. Sometimes I get so caught up in me in my world, in what's happening, that I don't even see people sometimes. Can you relate with that? It's like, I don't even, I don't even see you. I'm, I'm, I'm like in the grocery, I'm not paying attention. And the Holy Spirit, if we will listen, will be so intentional to say, hey, you see that person, this beautiful young lady sitting in front of you? You need to encourage her. If you're in the grocery store, the grocery is the greatest place to meet people and to, to minister for the Lord. A, a lot of the women who know I do, when I speak for women's events here, I like Ross, the little store Ross. Okay, and we live downtown. And so um, every Friday morning is my day off. I look tragic as tragic can be. And I go into Ross and I know the security guard. I know the cashiers. I'm praying. See, I'm praying for all of them. The security guard came and chatted with me one day. I have no idea why. Why? Okay, because the Lord ordered his steps. He's been a new life. I pray for him. The cashiers at my grocery store, I know all of their names. I know their children. You know, and so it's just seeing people. Lord, Who do you want me to see? Who have you purposed their steps to be walked into mine? And you want to trust me with the opportunity to be able to share Christ with them. 
Now, that doesn't mean you have to get out your Bible and you have to do like a whole gospel presentation. That's, I mean, you can. If the Lord gives you that, then go for it. But here's what it is. Saying something really small. Listening to the Holy Spirit. There was a lady one time that um, I encountered. I was having my car repaired, and she wouldn't stop talking to me, and it was really annoying me. And I was just like, please stop talking so I can go home. And she even followed me back out to my car talking to me. And I thought, how am I? I'm going to have to fake a seizure here to get away. <laughs> like, really? And I was kind of cranky, and I was trying to be nice, but I really, I just, shh, shh, be quiet. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Stephanie, would you pay attention? She's chased you out to your car. So I stopped and I just said, okay. I said, you know what? I am so sorry. I have not been kind. And how are you, really? How's your day? And she stopped, and she was pretty stunned. She stopped talking. I should have said that in the beginning. And she stopped talking, and she said, actually, I'm not doing so well. She said, my daughter was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma a month ago. Now, do you think that was an accident, that her steps were ordained into my life? No. We got to have a different conversation. The Lord opened the door to be able to say, let me tell you that I'm praying for you. And the Lord is surrounding you. And I'm praying over you. And I got to pray with her. It's really that simple. It's not hard. You see, it's an overflow of what we have in our hearts and our lives that we are so grateful for. And I think... Really, the key to being having an evangelistic heart is to having a grateful heart. Because when we take all of our, our salvation and the peace of God and the presence of God for granted, which I am guilty of that as well, we forget that there's others who need are desperate for what we have. And you have words of life living inside of you. The word of God is an active, alive Sharper than a two-edged sword. We also, we are created to be the answer for the question in people's hearts and minds. So as you walk, and as people walk into your life, I want to challenge you with something this morning. I'm going to give everyone a chance to pray together for each other for this at your tables in a minute. I want to challenge you to see people. Holy Spirit. Show me. Highlight. Let me not be afraid. Don't be fearful. Because I promise you, if the Lord prompts it, he's going to give you the response. Because it's his word that goes forth out of our mouth that does not return void until it has accomplished what he has set forth to do. All we have to do is to be his mouthpiece. It's really that easy. So I'm going to pray for you. Let's pray, and then I want to give you some time to really just pray for each other, to see people, to have boldness, to speak in the Lord. The Lord prompts you to speak. As people walk into your life, realize that the Lord has placed them there for, for you. He's trusting you and me to carry forth his message with power.
Okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, that you are sufficient. Father, you yourself are sufficient. Lord, I thank you that you have placed us here and you are trusting us to carry out your truth, to be carriers of hope and peace and joy, God, with a world that is desperate for you, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that a heart of gratitude for what you've done for us would rise up, would stir in our hearts, Father. Lord, let us remember the times that you have been faithful, where you have come through, where you have spoken promise over us. Father, bring those things to mind, that no matter what we're dealing with currently, Father, we can look back and say, God, I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for your peace. I'm grateful for your protection. Father, you're our refuge, our strength, our very present help in time of trouble. Father, your word says that you're our strong tower that we can run into. Father, we are safe. Your word says that you've, you've inscripted our names on the very palm of your hand. Father, thank you for that. But Lord, also, I pray that you quicken our hearts to be sensitive to those who you have ordained to walk into our lives. Father, let us be found faithful to bring words of life to a world that is desperate for you. Father, you gave everything for all of us. God, thank you for that. Lord, I pray, Father, that we are challenged. Lord, that our eyes would be open to see with spiritual eyes. Our ears would be open to hear the whispers that people are saying that no one else is paying attention to. Father, quicken us. Father, let us see the people that you have placed in our path, and let us be carriers, Father, of your word, of your truth, of your grace. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. More podcasts and information about the College and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday school.